You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. For another Thunderquack podcast quarantine zone for our second week of quarantine uh, and uh, not going to be our last. Uh, I am, of course, your host, Michael Cohen. And with me tonight, I've got uh, my former current co-host. Technically, the two shows that we do are Soda. on hiatus. Yeah. They're not technically done. <laughs> uh, uh, formerly, I, I, we were doing the... Uh, the pull box podcast and somewhat presently we're kind of doing Disney dad's cartoon afternoon. Um, although taking quite a long break, uh, with me tonight yeah. is Curtis Finley. Hello everybody. Glad to be here from the comfort of my house. Yeah. Well, we're all, uh, hopefully from the comfort of our homes. Uh, I, I obviously, um, we're all still, quarantined we're all still self-isolating social distancing whatever words you want to want to put on it lockdown if you if you like um those of us who are trapped with kids uh probably want to are inclined to say lockdown because uh uh, there is no escape (laughs) there is no escape i only have the two to deal with and one of them is not particularly mobile yet um curtis how, how are you handling it you've got you've got older kids um how's that Uh, yeah yeah it's it's definitely it's been a long week Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's yeah it it, it's interesting because like we're not we're not hiding any of the information from our from our boys we're telling them what's going on and we're keeping them up to date we want them to be aware of the, the situation so that they can manage themselves in terms of their own cleanliness and such um, but also because this is an important part of world history, like this is a big deal, and I want them to 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 remember that when this happened years from now, and 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 have a knowledge of what's going on um, during the world at this time, and and so yeah, spring break. I was already expecting to have them home last week and this week because it's been spring break. Yeah. Um, but it is it has been a long week because we haven't been able to go anywhere uh, spring break we would go outside or we go to yeah. the library or swimming or whatever right? and none of that can happen and you know everybody's in the same boat yeah um so yeah it's it has been a week of um of of just balancing the anxieties of what's going on in the world with the the crankiness of being still yeah um and you know and i have to have to draw that fine line between like well it would just be fine it would it would make my life easier if they were just watching tv all day <laughs> yeah but i can't i can't bring myself to let them do that <laughs> plus it turns them into cranky monsters if they're watching tv all day as well so it doesn't work to my benefit toward the end of the day anyway (laughs) yeah it's a it is definitely a balancing act there's a there's an element of it where um i think the hardest part is is not getting a break right especially kids your age uh i I, like the age of yours um the two of them are off at school most of the time (laughs) right like you're really you're really only having to deal with them first thing in the morning and then in the evening five days a week so right now having them and like you said we're supposed to be on spring break anyway so so maybe we all shouldn't be complaining just yet um because we were gonna have to deal with them anyways <laughs> but i uh, yeah it's just the like it's the no escape and it's the you know we're all stuck in the house together um don't get a break don't get away from them um and so you kind of have to find your moments where you can I find that one of the hardest parts is probably um, that when we do have that time away from the kids when they're asleep, thankfully mine go to bed around 730, so that's not that big a deal. Um, 
Crystal and I normally would spend time together, but instead we just kind of go off <laughs> into separate parts of the house uh, most nights at the moment and, and just kind of have a little bit of alone time. I mean, I come in here and do this at, at eight thirty three three nights a week right now, but, but like last night, um, she just kind of went into to the office um, and I was in the living room playing Animal Crossing and we spent most of the night separate and then a little bit of time after 10 o'clock sitting in the same room together, not really talking because it's just, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to be around people 24 um, seven and to, and to not have that alone time. Uh, and like, I'm not a particularly introverted person. Obviously, I should hope that that's that's obvious to folks. Um, but I do like time to collect my thoughts. Like I do like time on my own to listen to a podcast, to to process stuff, to to work through things. Um, and I can get really frustrated when there are too many people around. Um, I like it's. I'm I'm a. a I guess kind of an intro extrovert because like I really like being around people so long as everybody shuts up and listens, which is why podcasting is such a great medium for me. Um, but <laughs> in real life that happens a lot less in real life. You have to be polite and there has to be a give and take and conversation goes both ways. But I, I, you know, that's, I, I do, I do enjoy getting away from everybody and just kind of being able to do my own thing that's obviously not happening right now. And, uh, and that's, uh, that's, it's, it's, it's a weird, uh, kind of paradox that I think most of us find ourselves in of, I really wish that I could just get away from people for five seconds, but also I'm incredibly lonely, (laughs) even though I'm in this house with my family, there is like a weird loneliness to it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We Crystal put on Boy Meets World uh, earlier this afternoon, and we watched a couple of episodes of that as a family, and that was nice. It was it was enjoyable. Thank goodness for for Disney Plus and Netflix and and all of these different streaming platforms and and access to the internet. <laughs> um, so it's it's uh, we've been we've been watching a lot of Mandalorian yeah. with the boys. We're- going through that show and That's yeah good. exactly but you know and that brings me to kind of what i wanted to talk to you about it, it with um like so i i uh, mike has me on the show today because i i said to him hey i got something i want to talk about on your podcast <laughs> i just because i want to hear your thoughts about it too mm-hmm. um because it's an interesting subject and i just don't know um where the world is going with this so it's the topic of you know of just the way we consume media now during this this isolation period and how that's going to affect things moving forward mm-hmm. because it's because we're already seeing such a drastic change in just little well not not even little things it's like um the, the comic book shops are are uh, have like we'll get into the nitty-gritty about the way comics are, are going to run because i've been following that quite closely and and the way movies are the way live concerts are it's all going to be different, I think, coming out of this. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very interesting to see if we go back to the way it's the way it was before, or if uh, things just uh, just adapt. I guess mm-hmm. um, the the biggest one of the biggest things, not one of the biggest things, one of the things I want to start with is just the fact that on places like Instagram and Facebook and such. A lot of people are using the live stream function now a lot more frequently than they did before, just mm-hmm. as a way to reach out to people. If you follow any sort of like even actor accounts or anything, um, they're all they all do do like really cool things. I um, I was watching Natalie Portman uh, cooking dinner yeah. <laughs> this evening, you know, <laughs> and it's like who this is. Um, you can tell this people are lonely and especially actors are introverted. They love being in front of people. And so they, they, a lot of them are, are live streaming their lives. And it's like this, this, it, this could be a change if, if they get used to that, um, 
just that routine. And if people or fans or such uh, come to expect that of, of people, then we could be seeing a lot more of this kind of thing um, more often and more frequently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it, I think that there's a lot of elements of, of the entertainment industry that have been um, like kind of stuck in, in the, the, the previous sort of th- thought process. Yeah. Um, and, and the, 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 the sort of older distribution models, the older deals. Um, and I, it's not just the, the entertainment industry. It's, it, it is every industry. It's every person. Um, anytime you try and introduce change, it's, but, but this is the way we've always done it and it's worked fine. Right. Yeah. That's kind of uh, like the, the human motto. Um, <clears throat> and, a situation like this, I think, puts everybody in a position where they have to adapt and uh, and and find other means. Um, I think what you're going to see, because this is going to go on for a while, that uh, you're going to see um, a bunch of podcasts uh, uh, sprout <laughs> up. Um, yeah. Joel McHale and Ken uh, Ken Jong are are going to be doing a podcast. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be called the darkest timeline, which, uh, I, I don't know if the podcast is specifically going to be about community or if they'll just talk about community amongst other things. Um, but if they're going to like, look, if Joel McHale and Ken Jeong are doing a community podcast, yeah, totally. I'm not going to say the pandemic was worth it, but at least something <laughs> something great came out of it, right? Right. Um, yeah. I, you can't say that because people are dying. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not one of those Republicans who's currently saying like, hey, why don't we all just go back to work and see how bad it can really get? Oh man, um, yeah. <clears throat> their short sightedness is very very upsetting because it's like, do you guys realize that it's it's your constituents that that are at the most risk (laughs) right like that's right (laughs) it's it's not even a matter of like hey you guys are short-sighted because you're not thinking about the long term and how many like how how deaths will affect the the economy over the next five years as opposed to in the next five months but like you're not even thinking in the in the shorter long term of november when uh when you all want to be reelected, and if everybody over 60 is dead um (laughs) <laughs> pretty sure the Democrats are going to win, right? Like, it's, it, it's, anyways, I don't want to get too much into the politics. Of that. That's something for, for Amanda and I to discuss. But, uh, uh, yeah, 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 it's a, it, I don't know. I, I think that, that the, that, that a lot of these, uh, distribution models, podcasting, uh, YouTube, live streaming, Twitch, things that have been relegated to the younger generation um, and that have been sort of scoffed at as like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you've got a podcast, right? Um, like it's it's become a bit of a joke in, in the last few years. It's everybody has a podcast, which is why I always say you're not a real podcaster until you have at least three. Um but I, cause everybody, anybody can start one podcast. That's no, thank you. I, uh, until you have a network, you're not a real podcaster. Um, but I, I, you're, I think you're seeing a lot of, a lot of people, um, who maybe previously wouldn't have jumped into these mediums doing that. Um, and, and I think, I think for the better, I, I personally think that they, that platforms there's, there are a lot of problems with YouTube. There are a lot of problems with, with, um, sort of the, the, the model for podcasting at the moment. Um, but the more people get into it, the more, uh, democratized it'll become and, and, and sort of the better it is for everybody. It's the, the, the rising tide sort of thing, right? Like if Joel McHale and Ken Jeong start a podcast and if Zach Braff and Donald Faison start a podcast about, and they're both starting podcasts about their respective <laughs> old, I, I canceled sitcoms. Um, new people come into the medium, new people that might go looking for something else and find Thunderquack or find, 
uh, find the Epic Marvel podcast or or find uh, I, all these other things that that we're doing, um, sort of in our corner of the internet, and that's a that's a that's a positive for everybody. If if people are on YouTube and getting you know comfortable with the platform and familiar with it, then when things start back up, original content on YouTube might be taken more seriously, right? So um, everybody who's kind of discovering stuff over on YouTube recommending things right and one thing that i'm really upset that i haven't recommended until i'm about to right now is cobra kai now you guys know i've talked about cobra kai on Thunderquack a lot because i love that show and i i love the original karate kid film um but i i stuff like that it's not really been seen by that many people um but but there's sort of an opportunity for i that to get more of an audience as people sort of go through their Netflix queues and, and, uh, and, and, and are looking for something else and maybe go over to YouTube and check out something that somebody is doing over there. Um, and then discover Cobra Kai or uh, good game or any of the other YouTube originals that are over there. They're actually pretty good. YouTube's got a, a, a really solid, uh, lineup of, of about four or five shows that are worthwhile. They're definitely worth your time. Uh, Cobra Kai's got two seasons and the third season that I think was supposed to go into production pretty soon, <laughs> but uh, that's obviously going to be on hold. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I think that, that for entertainment, it'll be a net positive, uh, but I can see how other industries are going to get hit really hard by this, uh, the comic book industry in particular. Um, I, I think it's going to be difficult because that platform has not been democratized as much, right? Um, they, they've kind of, there, there are gatekeepers with that, with with Diamond Comic Distributors that that like they've, they got a pretty tight stranglehold on that, and that 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 might actually have to go away. I don't think that it's ever been healthy for the comic industry for Diamond to be as. Uh, uh, to have as much of a monopoly as they do, um, yeah. Because it's either diamond or it's independent, and that's before not... we get into yeah. comic books. Though let's uh, let, let's let's stick. Hold on, let's uh, go back. Let's backtrack a little bit, and I just want to stick with the um, the Netflix thing yeah. for a second here. Um, we have uh, we have two major. Uh, entertainment live entertainment streams i think that uh are being reshaped right now um the first is movies of course because movie theaters have been shut down and so we are seeing uh, the movie companies starting to put their first run movies direct to video on demand and this is completely unprecedented right like only the only the like the B quality stuff goes to video on demand directly, right? It, this is, but but movie companies are like, well, we got to recoup our costs, and they have their schedules. Like other movies are still going to come out, um, although productions have all stopped and stuff, so maybe everything will get pushed. But but they're like some of these movies that like let's say Onward, for instance, Pixar's Onward uh, was only in theaters for a week or two before the theaters shut down, and so now it's going to disney i can't i can't remember if they said it's going to disney plus next week or if it's going to video on demand it's already on video on demand uh they they made the announcement and i think the next day it was on video on demand um Ah. i i'm pretty sure it's coming to disney plus on april 1st so yeah and that's 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 so like it's it's just uh and i wonder if people will prefer that or if they will not. Now, video on demand, it's still like it's twenty bucks to, and I don't know. Do you rent it or do you buy it? That, uh, I'm pretty price? sure it's a bucks. rental. I'm pretty sure it's a rental. Yeah. I, 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 that that you're. So some people are saying that's high. It's like it's more than the cost of a movie ticket, and it's like you don't even get to see it on the big screen or whatever. For myself and my family of five, where it costs over fifty dollars, yeah. uh, well over fifty dollars to go see a movie. It's a tremendous deal to for video on demand to rent it for twenty bucks. Like and, that's and, awesome. And here's the thing: uh, Trolls World Tour uh, is is coming out. Um, yeah, it's not even going to the theater. It's just coming straight to to on demand. And uh, right. 
here's my here's here's something I want to float to you, Curtis. This is this is I you I haven't said this to you yet. I think what we should do is we should pick a night where we rent it in our house and you guys rent it at your house and we set up Skype with the video. Oh, yeah. and and sure. we just we watch it together. We just we just all watch it together because then we're gonna get totally. we'll get the same experience that we would have gotten if we had all gotten gone to the theater together. Um, and we can we can yeah. all watch it. And that's together. the missing. That's the missing component is yeah. the communal aspect of it. Um, where, like, I know you go to see a movie with your girlfriend or with your family or whatever, and you're in a theater full of strangers, but you're all laughing together. Yeah. Uh, or you're you're all crying together or whatever, and that that will definitely be missing if you keep watching it at home. But but I just wonder if this whole if if people are if people really grab onto it with the video on demand, will movie companies start releasing? movies just regularly video on demand along with the release in the theater at the same time. Yeah. If they find that it's actually making them some money. Yeah, I did. I did end up talking about this a little bit, um, um, last week, uh, with Joe, uh, on Wednesday, cause this stuff was kind of all starting to hit. And, um, I, I think that, that we could see a world where the, the release window for theaters is a lot shorter. Um, yeah. And I, it's I think it's already pretty short. <laughs> it's already pretty short. It's three months is generally what it is at the point at, at this point. It used to, man, the, it used to be more than a year for some movies to come to home yeah. video back in the day. Yeah, um, that's it, true. It was really a long time. Um, like the Phantom Menace, I can remember it was forever until that came out on VHS. Uh, and then well, I, yeah, mind, I remember it didn't the even Disney come out movies on like, DVD until later. Yeah. So, Aladdin yeah. and Lion King and stuff. It was those were all summer movies, and then you would have to wait till the next summer before it was on on VHS. I distinctly remember pre-ordering those. Yeah, it, it, a full. And, and then movies just stayed in theaters for years. I mean, you know, yeah. Titanic. Months and months and months went by. Now you're lucky if if you miss a if you if you wait for like a month you might not see a, th- a movie in the theater anymore. <laughs> you might just miss yeah. it. Well, I think, and, and one of, one of the most interesting things for me about all of this is that the last two big movies to really come out this before all of this happened onward just snuck in, but it didn't really get a long enough run to make an impact. Um, the, the, the two uh, biggest movies before that one coming out were birds of prey, um, yeah. which was not, a great a huge box office smash it did okay it actually did all right you can't listen to the to the to the spin that the media put on it it did as well as a lot of other movies of its budget um that people would have considered hits uh and it's a great film uh which i believe birds of prey is now available for for on-demand rental and i highly recommend it if you haven't seen it it's a great movie um but the other one was sonic the hedgehog okay which by all accounts was not supposed to be good was not supposed to be a hit (laughs) it was supposed to be a massive flop a huge disappointment another you know black eye on the 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 ip that is sonic the hedgehog and yet it's a great movie it's a it's a great family movie it is such a good family movie um like it hits all of the right notes it is also actually a really good it is the best possible movie you could make with sonic the hedgehog in 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 reality there is (laughs) there's certainly a sonic the hedgehog movie that they you know uh would be more serious and sort of uh take take the subject matter a little bit more seriously and more mature i that uh, for a little bit more of a teenage audience that that i would personally like to see one day i don't think that we will um i think in reality this is the best kind of sonic the hedgehog movie that we're likely to ever get um and and you know if the sequel can 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 meet that i'll be really happy um and it might end up being one of the biggest releases of the year (laughs) As a result of all of this, because so many big tentpole movies have now been pushed to 2021 and or or to to potentially later this year. But the problem is that the movie dates are picked years in advance and uh, the back half of the year is stacked, too. 
right? Like, like yeah, from right. September on, we've actually got a lot of movies coming out, um, and and a lot of really big high profile ones. So, I I Disney and Warner Brothers and Universal and such, like they are looking at it and going like, there's not room for us to release these movies in theaters this year. So the Fast and the Furious, I think, was one of the first ones. Uh, Fast 9 got pushed to next year, to April of next year, which is a real bummer because it was set to come out my birthday weekend. Um, and uh, I was really looking forward to that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. but you know, I mean, like, and, and I'm happy. I'm I'm glad to wait. I'm I'm sure it'll still be as good next year as it, it, the, these things don't go go sour on the vine. Right. Like they're they're not topical, <laughs> let's say. Um but it's going to be really upsetting when Black Widow does eventually get get pushed. It's been I think it's just been delayed, right? Like they but they haven't really announced when it's going to end up coming out. Um thankfully well, we, Black, we don't know how long this is going on yeah, for. Yeah. Thankfully Black Widow uh doesn't affect the timeline moving forward for Marvel, right? Like I think that the Eternals which is set to come out in November is going to be the beginning of sort of a, a, the 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 next phase, right? It's kind of it's very similar to like right. when we went from yeah. phase one to phase two. We, at the beginning of phase two, we got Iron Man three, which was very much like Avengers happened. Let's check back in with Tony Stark and see how he handled that, being that he's the character that we started all of this with. And then later that summer, I think we got Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Um, and and that is like okay that pushes us into phase two and it's like okay phase two is going to be crazy it's going to be different um eternals i think will be this the same for for uh uh what is this phase three or four i'm i've completely lost count with the mcu movies uh four we're this in phase four we're right? in four now I think. yeah so yeah. like i think i yeah. think black widow was meant to sort of be an epilogue because uh, it technically takes place between infinity war and civil war or civil war and infinity war more accurately um, so it was going to be a little bit more of a, like, Hey, let's fill in some and check in with a character and give her a nice send off. Um, and then Eternals is going to be mm-hmm. the one that's like, Hey, here's the new status quo post end game. This is, this is our, our next movie that sort of takes place there. Although I guess Spider-Man already did that, but, um, <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's, it's so both they can kind of, they can kind of suspend that one for for several months and i don't think it'll matter it can come out after um eternals uh but the thing i'm more worried about right now is like shang chi i don't think has shot yet right i i but it's supposed to come out next spring and i'm sure that they were planning to film it this summer and and do post uh, the the next like six months after that um, and release it in, in I think it was mm-hmm. supposed to be February. Yeah. <clears throat> Shang-Chi I'm super excited about. That's probably the one on the new slate that I'm the most excited about. Like, who knows what's going to happen with that when it's going to, when it's going to actually end up uh, uh, coming out. Um, and, and will any movies end up actually getting canceled? I, I don't know if any MCU movies can, right? Um, because the MCU is such a, it's so strategically, uh, developed, uh, and it's like, it's the one thing that they've done so well. It's the thing that everybody else should be taking notes on that star Wars should have done that. DC it really depends on the movies though. It does. It does. Cause, because the, they, they had the whole, they had the whole, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Um, they, they have had to switch around though, like Thor Ragnarok and black Panther, and Guardians Three, I think, all because they had directorial issues or something. They they all switched spots, so some of them are interchangeable in in their placement in the actual timeline. Um, some of them are not. Shang Chi probably is. You could probably move that one back or forwards, and it doesn't matter. Hopefully, I mean, I guess, I mean, I don't know because I haven't seen the movie, so I can't really say for sure. But there probably is some wiggle room. Yeah. Well, I we'll see, right? I, I, it's gonna be what it's gonna be. That's kind of that's it's it's. Uh, there are more important things than Marvel movies. It's hard to believe that I said that, yeah. but um, at the moment there are much more important things, and and 
uh, everybody's health and safety is is obviously priority one. And it's it oh, is, of course it is not worth it uh, to go back to work if it means uh, putting lives at risk. Man, I, some of the stuff that I have seen in the last forty eight hours coming out of America has been very very upsetting. And uh, like it always, uh, yeah, is, we I know... think you can't take any of that at face value because it's it's just uh, they're just talking. A lot yeah. of them are just scared and don't know what to say either, <laughs> and they just. Uh say whatever comes out of their mouth and it's, it's dumb a lot of the time. So, yeah. Oh God, especially um, the person who's supposed to be their uh, leader. Uh, it's uh, that's the most <laughs> disconcerting thing. This couldn't, have, coronavirus couldn't have waited until next year when there was a real actual adult in the white house. But um, hopefully, I mean, I, it's, <laughs> I, well, and you know that this is the thing that's going to define his presidency. It's like, yeah. look what I accomplished. I got my country through this whole thing because yeah. I'm I'm a great president. Did it, did he get his country through it? Because oh. currently, America has jumped up the ranking and now has the third highest uh, uh, number of confirmed cases in the world. Um, and well, China, their population is huge. Yeah, China had a two month head start on them, and Italy had at least three weeks, if not longer. Um, yeah, and they've uh, and they've they've blown past. Well, yeah, so it's a, uh, it's it's a. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, we don't need to get into all that. Um, comic books. Let's <laughs> okay. talk. Well, let's let's, talk let's, about loop it, let's loop it around. Well, before, I still want to have one okay. more thing before we get into comic books because that'll be a bigger conversation. Here is that I want to. Um, talk about live concerts music I think just the live show is also going to be changed because we've already seen so many musicians having to cancel their their tours across the country across the world um, and instead are doing live streaming concerts and -hmm. while that's not ideal like it's there's nothing like seeing a live performance for sure there are so many places in the world that the, the tour doesn't go anywhere near um, and you know, people for, for Canada, it's like you, if you don't live in Vancouver or Toronto or maybe Calgary, um, then you're out of luck. The tours never go anywhere else in, in the country. And so the fact that they are live streaming their show with all the bells and whistles opens up their, the fan base to experience something that they would not normally get to you know i'm i'm not i'm not really a live show kind of guy like music isn't really my thing so it doesn't really make that much of a difference to me one way or another but i know that people who uh that is important to it's very important um yeah but but i I think that there's yeah i i might actually be interested in in watching a live stream of a concert more than actually being there. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's, I, I, I don't necessarily want to want to be crowded into a venue or, or be, uh, I, you know, uh, 10,000 feet away from, from the performer. Well, um, yeah, there, there are definitely pros. Like if I want my concert, my kids to go to see a, a band and like, they're short, so if everyone is standing, they're not going to see anything, or it's like I don't want them to blow their eardrums out, or you know, it. You do get a better experience, um, like you say, you're not you're not ten thousand rows back. You can be right up in their faces, and they'll have nice cameras that are focusing on all the action. And um, you do need to experience a live concert at least once in your life, but the but to, to have that available, to have that option, um, it's it benefits the bands cause they're just making more money. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it helps, it just helps people who want to be a part of that community or that part of that fandom be a part of it. Yeah. I, I, th- I think, uh, more options is always going to be better. <laughs> no, that's just kind of my opinion. It's, it's like with the movie thing, if a movie comes out in the theater, um, but it also comes out on demand. Like, let's say there's a two week window where it's in the theater, but then, then it's going to be on demand. Um, and it's, and it'll be in the theater and on demand at the same time. If I have the choice, that's to me as a consumer, only a good thing because there are some movies that I definitely want to go to the theater for a Marvel movie, uh, a star Wars movie, fast and the furious stuff. Like, uh, anything with Tom Cruise in it. 
uh generally uh like i want to go to the see it on the big screen and and have that experience yeah um but then there are other movies like let's say like jojo rabbit which i still haven't seen yet which i i'm i really need to get around to i think it might be on demand now um that like yeah i I don't necessarily want to go to the theater to see that i i uh like if there was an opportunity to i would um but but like I don't know, I I actually personally find that that um, that Taika Waititi movies are are uh, with Thor Ragnarok I think being the exception are um they're actually better in a in a private setting where you can kind of just take it in on your own. Um, I, I don't know, that's that's what I found with his stuff. So like there are certain filmmakers or certain types of films that I that I'm much more inclined to sort of like cozy up on the couch uh i generally even by myself and and enjoy um so so like i said that's where choices is way more important to me um i let's say taylor swift i am not a big enough taylor swift fan to brave the crowd that's going to be at a taylor swift concert that said, right. I like Taylor Swift quite a bit, and so does Crystal, and and so does Kara, um, and I'm sure that Cassie will, and uh, and and I'm 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 totally down to uh, to to live stream a tw- Taylor Swift concert. So, um, you know, it's a it's 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 sort of it's all over the place. I think it it, it can be it could be either or. And, and I hope that now that the technology is there, that people take advantage of it. Okay. I think we can segue into comics now, if you want. Um, we have in Vancouver, we're very fortunate that we have, I don't know, seven or eight really good comic book stores. Um, and they, they're all, but, but there have been so many that have, closed down over the last 10 years. I think I made a list of, of them at one point on Facebook. I was trying to come up with all of the comic book stores in the greater Vancouver area that I used to frequent over the past 15 years. And I think maybe there's, there's a list of about 12 or so that have shut down. Hmm. Um, the ones that are still standing are doing okay, but the comic book industry is all already sort of on edge of like the, um, the comic book stores just don't have the 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 customer base to support the rising cost of rent and minimum wage and yeah. you know all those other kind of stuff and also the the comics themselves because comic book stores have to actually physically buy all of their stuff that they're putting in their in their store or they can't send it there's no consignment or anything like that so they they need more overhead and a lot of them just don't see the the, number, the amount of people coming in so when we have something like this, where all of a sudden they're not allowed to sell, what's going to happen to these comic book stores? And this is this goes for any sort of small business, mom and pop shop, small restaurants, local, um, you know, boutique kind of stores. They're all in the same boat. Thankfully, our Canadian government is now stepping in to help them out and declaring things like holds on rents and and all this kind of stuff, which is fantastic. But um, what's going to, like, you know, they still, the employees aren't getting paid and, like, this is a, this is a big deal. So I, uh, the other day, I spent 50 bucks at Metropolis Comics that I normally probably wouldn't spend. Um, I don't, I don't, I like, I, uh, yeah, just because they're, I, I feel bad for them and I want them to survive so I'll, I'll buy some stuff from them yeah um, they're doing a great delivery service right now where they'll actually bring you your comics so and there's no contact you don't have to venture out and uh, and everything and uh, it's very cool and i i want them to survive so i'll try and do that uh, over the next few months or several months or however long it takes for all of the comic book stores because you know i'm friends with all of them yeah <laughs> Except Golden Age downtown, I don't really know those guys very well. Yeah, it's a it's um, it, it it is a it's a it's a weird um, it's kind of a weird catch 
22 for them to be in for comic shops to be in because they do and and this is before all of this happened they were in a bad spot anyways because like you said they have to physically bring that content in and um in in a lot of cases sit on it um when when it doesn't sell as many issues as they expect or um or more frequently than not unfortunately people who said that they were going to buy something right who have basically uh, agreed to a subscription for a specific comic they don't end up coming in and picking up those comics and sometimes yeah. it can be six months before you realize this person's never coming back in um yeah. and and by that time you know at at um you know uh, 10 titles a month for six months right like you that's a, you got a lot of comics sitting there that's a lot of inventory that now all of a sudden you're putting on your shelf uh, and they're old comics and old comics are old and and a lot of people are switching to the digital model and that's also hurting things it's um it, it, to me it it's it's actually it's sad because obviously we love the medium of comic books yeah um but i think that unfortunately the model for comic books and the way that they've been sold is not sustainable it's just it's that it's managed to stay alive for this long and i'm glad that it has but at a certain point the industry has to to pivot they have to change or it's going to die it is like because without the the retailers how do you how do you get your audience like, like the, the, I think the biggest thing for me that, that gets underappreciated with with the comic shop itself as an institution are the employees within the comic shop. Because when you walk in and you go, hey, I like Superman, what should I read? They're there to tell you. And yes. how often do we go on Netflix and you just kind of flip through the things and it's yet yeah, suggesting things to you and, and there's algorithms and stuff like that. The comics industry isn't doing that with any of their apps really. Um, right. And if they are, it's not great. Uh, uh, Marvel unlimited is not great at recommending things. It's kind of just like, <laughs> no, it's just algorithms. Oh, you like Dr. Strange. Here's other Dr. Strange yeah, things. But here's, it's like... Oh yeah. You like new comics. Here's more new comics. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah. I just, I don't know. I think, I honestly think that that one of the things that needs to happen is that um, the the stranglehold that the that the big two have on the industry needs to kind of release a little bit, and independent comics need to become uh, a more prominent thing. I don't know how that happens, but um, but they run the show. Marvel and DC run the show. What they do, everybody else has to do. Because Diamond listens to them because they move the most product. Yeah. Um, but well, we're we're only talking though about uh, like the single issue subscription superhero kind of world. Yeah. We're talking about Marvel, DC, Image, but comics is more popular this year, like in these past few years, than it has been since the '90s. Like it's comics have grown to an incredibly popular and lucrative business, but mm-hmm. it's not Marvel and DC. It's not in the comic shops. Did you know that in, I think it was 2018, um, 18% and that's a, of all comics sold. This is a pretty big number. 18% of all comics sold were six, the six Dogman books from uh, scholastic from like scholastic. That's, yeah. That's crazy. So, it's it's absolutely nuts. Comics is not a dying form at all. Yeah. It's just evolving to the bookstores. And that and that that's actually what I was gonna say. Uh, that's the direction that it needs to go, right? Yeah. I don't want single issues of Spider Man. I don't want single issues of Superman. I want you to tell me a story from front to back. Yeah. Uh, and I don't care if it's in continuity or not. I don't care if it's part of an ongoing. Uh, thing that's been running for for 60 years that to, to be honest for the most part that's not helpful yeah. right like like having to to hold that continuity in my head 
Um, and like X-Men, I love the X-Men, right? As a concept. I love the animated series. I love the, uh, some of the movies, a handful of movies, <laughs> maybe two or three of the movies. I, but ongoing X-Men comics are awful. And they're not awful because they're poorly written or the art is bad or any of that. They're awful because in order to read one X-Men book, you have to be reading six X-Men books. Right. Because no matter what, okay, four issues of this, that's a story. Okay, another six issues of X-Force, that's another story. And then uh, you get into the, the 11th issue and all of a sudden, wait, what? Who's this guy? What does this have to do with any? Oh, <laughs> Oh, they're all you crossing over into one story. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not reading X-Men. I'm not reading Uncanny X-Men. I'm not reading the Astonishing X-Men. I'm not reading Cyclops. I'm not reading the all-new X-Men. There's, it's so expensive. Yeah. like it, it, So, you know what? If somebody was like, hey, we're going to put out, like, let's say, let's say, I don't know. Brian K. Vaughn was like, Hey, I got, I got an awesome X-Men story that I want to tell. And it's going to be over six volumes. Um, and each one of those is going to be about six issues. And we're going to put them out over the course of the next few years. I, uh, I would be like, yeah, I'm down. Put out your, put out your trade paperbacks. I will buy every volume. Yep. Um, and yep, yep. is it That's part of the totally, continuity? Yeah. I, it doesn't matter. Is it one continuous, story from start to finish involving his vision of the x-men that's what i care about put a great artist on it give them the amount of time that it takes in order to put that together and then release them as they're ready don't switch artists halfway through don't bring in another writer to write an issue because we're falling behind they come out when they come out and and i'm down for that that's the model that it needs to turn into um, and I've been saying that probably for about three or four years because I just, I hate the monthly issue, but unfortunately it's, it's what Marvel and DC, uh, butter their bread with. And it is a really important part of cash flow for comic book stores, yeah. but something has to, has to push that industry into a new model. And maybe this will be it, but I I don't know if it will be because I don't know if a lot of these stores are going to be able to weather this. Um, so the the hmm. thing though that is that if none of, if the a lot of the stores don't weather this, um, let's say that twenty, especially if this goes on for like six months, yeah. which you know who knows it might. Um, I sure hope not, but. Uh, let's say 25% of all comic shops close down. Yeah. And that means that there are, you know, that's 25% few, uh, like a loss of, of, of their market because it's the comic shops that are buying their comics. It's not people that are buying comics. It's comic shops that are buying comics. So if the comic shops all of a sudden are not buying comics and, and so, and Tom DeFalco always, uh, when I, he was the editor in chief for Marvel through the '90s, and in an interview with him, he was telling me um, he had this great analogy. It's like, let's say you have you spend your money on five Spider-Man comics a month, okay, and then and you have some, uh, and then they cancel one of the comics, they cancel even two of the comics. Let's say you're not going to all of a sudden pick up Captain America and Wolverine. Because two of the Spider-Man comics have have been canceled, you're going to go out for pizza. Uh, like that's it's just not the way it works. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're if a person is collecting comics, and then all of a sudden their comic shop, the only one in the area, goes down, they're not going to bother trying to figure out a way to buy more comics. The problem most people are probably just going to stop. Um, and even if, like, if my saver box at um, at uh, Eighth Dimension Comics is, if they go under and I, um, I don't, and, and they cancel all the titles that I that they pull for me, 
I might renew one or two of them at another store, but this will be my out for a lot of ones that I was just kind of eh about. Um, it's going to it's going to lessen the the amount of people that are buying comics uh, in the single issue installment. I think, regardless of whether the comic shops um, fold or not, especially since a lot of people. Uh, they're 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 losing their jobs as well. People out there are are losing their jobs because their businesses are closing down for so long. So they don't have the cash flow and the disposable income through this time to buy, to keep buying comics through this period. So they might stop. And when they when it starts up again, will they continue? Maybe not. Um, or they'll or they'll come back in a you know only only buy maybe one or two a month or something instead of seven or eight or whatever. Um, so, and then if all of these comic shops close down, the bookstores and the places where graphic novels are sold, especially the big chains, they're still around. Those are the ones who are still ordering stuff from Marvel and DC, but they don't order the single issues. Hmm. So Marvel and DC will have to address this thing is like, well, our comic, our single issue comic book industry took a huge hit. But the graphic novel industry is still fine because there are so many other avenues. There's online avenues, Amazon and you know all of that. Um, but they, those places don't deal with the single issues. So I think, I think we may see a natural progression toward, um, toward that, gravita gravitating toward that. Um, I also pay attention to the sales of graphic novels. I don't pay attention to the sales of single issues, so I don't know how those do, but um, a, a standard, let's say the most popular uh, graphic novels, the collections, when they collect the single issues, um, uh, for instance, Immolk is one of the most popular titles that Marvel has right now. Um, when they release one of those trades, it sells about 2,000 units in its first month. That's to, to the direct market, to the comic book stores. That's not counting Amazon. That's not counting Barnes & Noble or Indigo or whatever. It's only the, to the comic shops. That's not a huge number, 2,000 units. Mm -hmm. um, House of X, Powers of X, arguably the biggest event in X-Men history in the past 10 years, sold um, about 10,000 units in its first month. And that was a huge shock that something sold that much. But that's the difference between Immortal Hulk and an X-Men from 2000 to 10,000. Whereas um, Dogman mm -hmm. is selling like literal millions of copies, literal millions of copies yeah. uh, in, in through Scholastic and through the bookstores and such. Marvel is focusing on the wrong, Marvel and DC, all of these publishers are focusing on the wrong place. Yeah. There's money to be made outside of the direct market and they really need to to take advantage of that and they'll do better yeah oh i think you dropped out there you still there oh, Curtis? Yeah, yeah still here yeah yeah so comic books i think comic book stores hopefully will survive but will people come back to it i yeah, I don't know. I think I think uh, you know that there are there are different varieties of comic book stores as well. I think for a guy like Johnny who runs Metropolis Comics um, here in Vancouver uh, in Burnaby, technically, uh, yeah. I, I, Johnny is pretty diversified. Um, he's got he does have other uh, other uh, revenue streams, not just comic books. So I mean, because he knows that he can't do it yeah. on comic books alone. Like yeah. he's had to do that because. So that it's not a sustainable model anymore yeah. so so you know like he's also got model kits specifically a lot of the gundam and and uh bandai hobby kits and that sort of thing um and uh, uh action figures and and collectibles and the gaming and statues. gaming cards and the gaming deal. stuff as well and and i think that that what we'll see is the is the the shops that have diversified a little bit more will be able to to weather the storm it's you know honestly we saw this with video games probably about mm, six or seven years ago start to happen because of digital distribution right when the playstation 3 and the xbox 360 started selling games online instead of uh you having to go into a store to pick them up and and 
uh, even even more so it that started to kill the aftermarket uh, uh, aspect of the industry. Um, you saw a lot of game shops close up, and I I because people just they're they're either buying brand new games digitally or they're going to one of the big stores. They're going to Walmart or they're going to uh, to Toys R Us here in Canada, thankfully still, uh, or um, or EB Games or GameStop, right? Like that, those are the places that you go when you want to buy a video game. Yeah. Um, or you know, I, I you very rarely would go into an independent uh, game shop, and and most of the ones that have survived have survived on retro game sales. So it's like the older stuff that obviously you can't get through through the digital means. Um, and that EB uh, and GameStop don't trade in, um, or they've diversified and they've brought in uh, uh, tabletop gaming, board gaming, stuff like that, uh, uh, collectible card games. So it's really it's the it's kind of the same thing. Um, I don't I don't think it's gonna it's gonna be a death nail for the entire comic shop industry um but i do think that you're gonna see some of the older uh less agile um uh comic shops uh, uh lose ground here and uh yeah. and, and eventually go away and and yeah i do think that exactly what you said like single issues are gonna take a hit and uh and and maybe it'll be the thing that wakes marvel and dc up to uh the 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 reality of the situation but um I mean, DC has actually been pretty good with their Earth One books, um, I, I and and other stuff kind of like that in that same vein. They've tried going in that direction of like these never had issues; they're just graphic novels. Um, but I think for them, they just they put out so many single issues. It's such a a, a big machine. Um, and and it's it's the it's the boat analogy right uh the the a, a smaller boat is able to to turn quickly uh, and a bigger boat it it takes a lot of time for it to turn marvel and dc are big boats um and and it's going to take them a long time to really like pivot um but even image they're they're a pretty big boat too <laughs> and they're not really pivoting that much they're still doing a lot of their single issue stuff, um, but some of the smaller publishers, uh, one one of our favorites for a second, um, they don't do issues, right? Like I don't, or at least they don't do a no, lot of things. Not at all. Issues, yeah. So um, you know, like I like the, the, those smaller, more agile uh, uh, publishers, I think are going to be able to gain a lot of ground in in the next few months. And, uh, and, and Marvel and DC might get kind of left in the dust, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I actually think that less superhero comics is actually going to be a good thing for superhero comics because there's a lot of really crappy stuff that comes out on a regular basis because they just, everybody's got to have a title. Um, and if they could maybe stop, sit back and take more of an approach like what they've done with the films and with their animated stuff, uh, the industry will actually benefit. The cream will rise to the top, and and uh, I, and and it'll mean less people working, uh, less artists, less writers working on Marvel and DC stuff. But hopefully, that means that you know if if those if those people really um, want to continue to work in the industry and not not you know pivot in on their own into other industries then i uh, then hopefully they'll go independent routes and they'll start creating totally. new ips and that'll yep. make the industry that much richer again right um and you take everything that they've learned at marvel and dc and go do the thing that they've always wanted to do and 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 hopefully that's not just a bunch of superhero copycat books if you listen to the pull box podcast you know how i feel about that stuff <laughs> but um it, it's uh but but hopefully hopefully i i you know everybody finds kind of their niche and and their, their place to belong in in the industry but i don't know tough times ahead for comics i think i think that that's that's it's 
it's been tough times for a while. You say it's 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 sort of on an upswing right now, and I think that Marvel and DC movies have a lot to do with that. But um, well, I don't think that Marvel and DC are necessarily on an upswing. Um, I mean, they always hold the top spots anyway, just because they're the yeah. biggest. But they've been they have been stagnant for a while. But we're seeing more of a rise of the people exploring independent stuff. Yeah. Um, publishers like First Second and Top Shelf and Fantasy Graphics. I would wager that 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 that's still a direct correlation with Marvel movies because yeah. Marvel movies have become the biggest industry in in entertainment, um, aside from video games, which dwarf film revenues by a lot. Yeah, um, it's the jump from comics to film. It's like film to video games the video game right. industry is ridiculous but um yeah i would wager that that something like i uh, like like i uh, captain america civil war right which which is one of those ones that people went like oh wait comic book movies aren't all popcorn whatever right like this is a little bit more serious this is a little bit more of like a spy thriller they can be other you, things like um, winter soldier you mean right uh yeah sorry winter soldier uh being yeah yeah um yeah i totally well and it made it made it gave people permission yeah to to like comic books i think yeah yeah and it opened it up right so people went into comic book stores and went i'm gonna pick up um i i winter soldier i'm gonna pick up the comic book and then while they were there the comic shop owner or i i uh, employee was like hey if you like that you should check out this other thing that's actually you know that but way cooler right because that tends to be the <laughs> yeah. the line from a lot of people who work in comic book stores i can attest to that because i was one of them um, <laughs> yeah so it's uh, it, it it's uh i think that there's a direct correlation there's a knock-on effect from 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 the popularity of the mcu films um that again it's that it's the the rising tide sort of uh, uh effect but uh i don't know we'll we'll see i uh, i'm gonna we'll, let's wrap it up there because we've been going for an hour yeah um yep. uh but uh thank you curtis for stopping by uh and uh look this is gonna go on for a while so you'll be back i know that you'll be back <laughs> yeah um, definitely uh, it, by by the end of this i'll have exhausted everybody else and it'll probably just end up being you and me <laughs> talking a couple nights a week but uh thank okay. you thank you to our live audience of i think two uh i think it, i think it was sherston and jason back in the in the live audience again tonight thank you in particular to jason who is one of our patreon producers um, nice but uh we'll be back tomorrow night uh, with uh, with my friend Victor, who did briefly technically have a podcast on the Thunderquack Podcast Network, we'll talk about that tomorrow. We're going to talk about video games. That's a uh, that's that's the 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 uh, area of expertise for Victor and I, um, and that that's where our cross section is. There's uh, anime will probably also come up a little bit, but uh, <laughs> but it's mostly going to be video games. I think we're going to talk a lot about Animal Crossing. In fact, um, oh. And with that, I am going to sign us off and go play some Animal Crossing. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, Head to Thunderquack.com to check out more great podcasts in the Thunderquack Podcast Network. And uh, if you uh, want to support us, uh, you know what? We're on YouTube. Do the YouTube thing. Uh, Smash that like button, uh, the subscribe button, leave a comment (laughs) below. Do all that stuff that you're supposed to do on YouTube because this is a YouTube video as well as a podcast. of course, if you are listening on podcast services, feel free to leave us a rating or a review on the podcast service, your choice. And uh, you can also go to store.thunderquack.com, pick up some merch. And most importantly, you can head over to patreon.com slash thunderquack and you can kick in with your monthly pledge of support uh, and uh, and get some cool rewards in the process. Uh, thank you again, Curtis, for joining me tonight. And thank you to our live uh, listeners We'll be back tomorrow night at 8.30 p.m. Pacific Standard. Are we on Standard Time? We're on Standard Time now, right? Yeah. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you tomorrow night. Keep reading comics. (laughs) 